Hello there! This show contains material which a truly free society would neither fear nor suppress. The language and concepts contained herein will not cause eternal torment in the place where the guy with the horns and pointed stick conducts his business. Dude. Stop with the horse play. I know. it's. Oh, you know what? What? I was thinking about getting a little warning alert for the uh, frat boy mode. <laughs> you remember the little klaxon that they used in the um, Kill Bill movies? Like that 70s. We, we got to find that because that can be our frat boy alert thing. It's like an orchestra doing a klaxon almost. Yeah, I, I got to try to find it. I don't know. I don't know where it is, but I will attempt to find it somewhere. Yeah, I could just take it off the movie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, but then you might get kicked off of YouTube. I know, I might, you, which yeah, we'll, you wouldn't we'll even, talk about next week, actually. You wouldn't even be posting on YouTube, and they'd kick you off just because they, they had word. They, they had some, like... They'd kick my ass just because I was thinking about signing up. Right. You were not, you're not even signed up on YouTube. And I am, would, actually. It would prevent you from signing up. All right. You know what? I think what? it's really important that we name the wine first and okay. why we need it. All right. <sighs> this show is brought to you by Catena Alta, 2002 Malbec Mendoza. And um, the reason we're drinking that today, and this is a very fine bottle of wine. This is a 55 or $60 bottle of wine. And uh, I'll just explain briefly that we need it it's because tasty. we had more technical problems, two hours worth of them today. <laughs> I'm going to take a nap now. Let yeah, me know with, when the show's over. With the crazy windstorm we had yesterday, I don't know what was going on with my cable modem, but it would like yeah, the, it would almost lose signal. Maybe the wires in the wind were getting whipped around, and then John's theory is that because my cable modem was freaked out by what was going on by the wind, it would kind of it almost looked like it was rebooting. The modem would almost shut off. A lot of the lights would go off, and then they'd come on, but that would in turn cause the router to do something similar. It was in an unhappy state. Yeah, the router was in an unhappy state, and at the end of the day, we just reset it to its factory defaults. And, and uh, when I when I say that uh, I think that the, the router was in an unhappy state, and when Rich says that it was getting freaked out, these are highly technical terms. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, really, I think that something's going on with the... And, and we were jiggling the, the cable in the back, and that seemed to, like, make the connection happy. So I think that that... You know, well, they gave cable me. Modem needs they to be gave replaced. me a used. Thank you, Time Warner, for giving me a used, used, previously used cable modem. It's a terrier stains on that. And thing. It's, it smells. And they got it out of a gutter. Some ru- it's a falling out of the back. Of my first cable modem in my old residence was the Motorola Surfboard or whatever mm-hmm. the hell they call it, and that seemed to work fine. So I'm going to call them and have them swap out the modem. Sounds good. But um, I was saving this bottle of wine. For the special occasion, and for those of you who are regular listeners, you know that the special occasion was supposed to be my wedding of a year and a quarter or thereabouts ago. And then I've been saving it for another special occasion, except... There hasn't been one. Yeah, and it's like, you know what? It's getting time to drink it. What am I... I'm going to wait forever for this special occasion. I mean, it's just it's just stupid, you know? So we decided to crack this bottle open, and this is probably... Certainly the most expensive bottle we've drank on the show to date, and um, probably the best bottle. It's very smooth. It's not as peppery as Melbeck's normally No, it's really ours. good. I mean, you can really, the oak uh, aging really did wonders to this stuff. You know, this is good, but as good as it is, it's no Martini and Rossi. 
Asti spumanti. <laughs> it needs it's no to be, blue nun. It needs to be encrusted in wicker, I think, was how you put it on the uh, blog post. Yeah, I don't trust any wine that has wicker on the bottom of the bottle. Do you trust wine before its time is the question. I will trust no wine before its time. All right, <clears throat> so here's the part. Wait, whoa. Sorry. Is we restarting the show there? No, this is just me clearing my throat. That's actually John's throat clear, by the way. Wasn't intended to be part of the intro, but when we were uh, when I was recording John three and a half years ago doing our intro in the has uh, it been that long? Two thousand five May was when we recorded that intro. We're going on four years. It's scary, criminy. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, you know John cleared his throat because he wanted to do the hello there kind of thing, and uh, <laughs> I kept it. I kept the uh, throat clearing in. <clears throat> okay. They're everywhere. Anyways. Yeah, now here's the part of the show, John, where I uh, I lampoon. Now it is the time to dance. Lampoon my ex-employers. Oh, we're doing that now. Okay, cool. Yeah, it, we'll do it as part of the intro. That's also a reason to uh, to celebrate yes, a little bit. Yeah, th- that is actually a reason. Uh, those of you who are faithful listeners, and there's a couple, Maybe two, one. three. You know, there's somebody in Montana. There's a guy in Australia. Maybe two guys in Australia, Martin and Neil. I don't know. Who knows? You know, we used to have a faithful listener named Liz. I'm not sure she listens anymore. But iPokey is actually probably our most faithful listener because he always be. he always uh, reports back to us on the, the, the forum as well. <laughs> Even though we don't read it. I read them. Well, that's, that's your job. Just because you don't. Anyway. I'm, I'm officially giving up on the forum, by the way, if I haven't mentioned that before. Yeah, I know. John wants to uninstall it, but... Um, I, I still want to take happened. the show to bigger levels, so I still have... And, in, and to do that, we have to shed all of our baggage. That actually is one school of thought, yeah. But yeah. I have um, aspirations of bringing the show to the next level. Uh, I don't know what that is. Nirvana, Valhalla, I don't know. <laughs> or bring it down to the ninth level, ninth circle <laughs> of hell. So anyway, uh, those who are faithful listeners will know that I've been going on... Uh, going, I've had a protracted battle, unemployment insurance um, battle with my employer. It started when I was terminated from my company, and it was actually kind of a layoff, and yet they denied it. So when I applied for unemployment insurance back in um, July of uh, eight, um the company protested it. So I was initially denied my benefits, at which point I had to uh, request a hearing through the the legal channels of the New York State Department of Labor, and I had my hearing right around the end of November. I don't remember the exact date. It might have been uh, Friday the 21st. If that was a Friday, that was the day. Two days later, two legal days later, two right. the business days, Which on Tuesday. <laughs> no, no. On the following Tuesday, I was notified wow. that I had won the hearing. Not so fast, Buster. Yeah, the crowd goes wild. However, the company appealed immediately. But that what that meant was that I was given my benefits retroactive to July, starting when I won the hearing. Because I had won and the decision hadn't been overturned, the appeal doesn't change anything until the appeal is decided. So I was given all of my benefits retroactive. And um, the company appealed, as I said. And, you know, that process took a few months to happen. The company sent in some documentation, which tried to uh, make paint me like I was a member of the Manson family. And for all of you young people who... Were you uh, uh, squeaky from? <laughs> for all of you young people who don't know the Manson family, you can Google Charles Manson and Google the song Helter Skelter by the Beatles, and you'll find out all kinds of interesting history about uh, crazy psychos and murderers in the United States. Yep. So anyway, the company sent in 
in their appeal, uh, a very large piece of documentation, which, again, tried to paint me as some sort of war criminal. That is large. Look at the size of that thing. <laughs> well, no, look at the size of that thing. I showed John yeah. the manila envelope that had all the paperwork in it, and it's in at least – it's probably five-eighths of an inch thick, all the paper. Okay, so at the end of the day, um, I never read my company's – Is this legal, what you're doing, by the way? I don't know. It can't be illegal. It's got to be a matter of public record, right? It's, I guess. Yeah. it's You're a party. I'm a party to this, yeah. So I'm the claimant, actually, in the technical terms. So the I, I didn't actually read this piece of paper or any of the documentation when they sent it to me. What I did was I just gave it to my lawyer and said, Frank, what are we doing here? And he said, oh, we'll draft a letter. We'll just reply to it point by point. And I'm not going to read you that. But what I am going to read you is one of the paragraphs. <laughs> You've got that in your formerly nicotine stained Yeah, my formerly nicotine stained fingers. My formerly... Yeah, he's just an ass. And, okay, what they were claiming... First of all, they kept referring to the hearing as the appeal. And here was one of their arguments about why a bunch of this new evidence should be considered. And just so you know, in New York State, in an appeal, they do not open a new hearing. The appeal board merely looks at the transcript of the first hearing and sees if there were any issues in law or fact that were egregiously in error. And if not, they just um, uh, uh, keep the decision that the initial judge rendered. Okay. Like when the judge said, you got a purdy mouth. (laughs) He didn't say that. Okay. What did he say? What are you wearing? He said, uh, Mr. Wilgus, uh, are you wearing underwear at this time? Well, anyway, he he was actually really cool, this judge. But um, here is one of the arguments that the company introduced. And again, he uses the word appeal, but he means uh, hearing. Okay, quotes. At the time of that appeal, Mr. Wilgus was allowed to introduce new evidence. We at CBI were unaware of what was to be submitted. Being unable to examine this evidence or participate in a discovery phase presented us at that time with a total inability to respond accurately. And I'm – does that ring any bells with you? Discovery phase? Well, if this were a criminal trial, there would have been a discovery well, phase. the thing that kills me about that is essentially – and let me paraphrase – Wait a minute. We didn't know what he was going to say. We didn't have time to make stuff up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I'm calling that the My Cousin Vinny defense, by the way, because My Cousin Vinny, in My Cousin Vinny, Joe Pesci had this great line. Your Honor, I object to the witness being called at this time. We've been given no prior notice he would testify, no discovery of any tests he's conducted or reports he's prepared, uh, blah, 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 blah. So I'm calling that the My Cousin Vinny defense. Okay didn't work, obviously. Well, and and here's the best part. When the decision was rendered by the Department of Labor, and I have the decision right here, one of the paragraphs starts with something which I thought was really great. It says, the administrative law judge held a telephone conference hearing at which all parties were accorded a full opportunity to be heard, which is their way of saying, if you weren't prepared, your own fault. You didn't bring a pencil? I'm sorry you couldn't complete the test. Yeah, you were given, that was your moment to shine, and you were unprepared, you blew it. And not that if they had been prepared, the decision would have been any different. But nonetheless, it's well, over. It's, it's not like they could say, oh, wait a minute. We forgot that we had this other stuff going on that day, and uh, we, we shouldn't have time to, to get prepared. And, and it's, it's not clear to me what they mean when they say Mr. Wilgus introduced new evidence. I, I, I don't know what to what they're referring, but... Well, what about the new evidence that they introduced, you know, the stuff that, that you didn't know about? Well, no, they the, the, what they introduced were, um, after a very obsessive reading of the transcripts of the hearing, the company introduced four examples where they were arguing that I was willfully making false statements, which isn't new evidence. They're arguing that I was perjuring myself. Right. That's not new evidence. So I don't know what evidence they're referring to. 
not a clue. But, you know, at the end of the day, they can go to heck. And, and what, what did the judge say? You win. Yeah, yeah. I love, the, I love this paragraph. We have reviewed the entire record and have considered the testimony and other evidence. It appears that no errors of fact or law have been made. The findings of fact and the opinion of the administrative law judge are fully supported by the record and therefore are adopted as the findings of fact and the opinion of this board. And then they they took your employer figuratively out of the court. They were dragging them out of the court, and the judge was saying, you're out of order. Basically, they did and, something like that because there was an addendum to what they said. They didn't just agree with me. They went a little further. Or is that farther, John? I don't know. Is it further? further or far? I know it's further. Here's what they said. Unless it was physically somewhere else. The company was alleging a lot of things in, that, in their additional uh, evidence supplied for the uh, appeal. For instance, that I was perjuring myself willfully. And what they wrote was, I'm going to paraphrase because it's a really long paragraph, except we further find that the employer has failed to establish that the claimant did those things that they were alleging in the additional brief. And therefore, greater weight is given over the employer's testimony. Employee's testimony? No, no. Greater weight is given to the employee over the employer's okay. testimony. Yeah. yeah. So they kind of bitch slapped, you know, in legal terms, they kind of bitch slapped my ex-employer too because, you know, they're generally just, you know, disagreeable yeah, and, jerks. And the way I interpret that is they're saying, okay, you introduced more evidence and all it does is convince us even more yeah, that you're wrong. Yeah, it makes you look even worse, you know. Yeah. So anyway, it's over. I never have to think about my ex-employers again and I'm happy, happy, joy, joy. And um, you, can, you can be like that guy from Soap. Who just made everything disappear? Wow! 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 Remember, he used to do that like his name um, Richard Bert. McCormick or Bert, something. I think was his name on the, the show. He right, go, the actor was like he, Richard McCormick, or and he thought that he was going invisible. <laughs> yeah, he did. Well, I think we're being bombed. That's like an airplane. It's like a transport plane. <laughs> Is that your boss? C one thirty. Now he doesn't fly the big ones. Anyway, you want to play a tune? I shall. All right, let's check it out. How quickly we forgot what 
what it means to be free My letters to the editors and the senators Fall upon deaf ears I'm free to speak but no one's listening And the war goes on The war goes on Yes, it does. Yeah, it still does. And Obama is the president of change, by the way. Well, I, I hear a lot of stuff going on, and, and again, I've been accused of supporting the guy. Yeah, you're a commie. Well, there's that. But I, but a, bastard. Lot of, a lot of people commie have been saying, bastard. oh, yeah, I'm sorry. He's, you know, he hasn't done enough. And I'm, and I'm thinking, he's only been in office for, what, like 50 days or something he like that? He does more before 5 a.m. Right. than you do all day. Honestly, he's actually been more proactive and Flat out active and visible yeah, as a right. president. Active is the yeah, keyword, working word. Then probably the last administration was. Who knows what was years. going on behind the scenes? But the last president did yeah, not well, seem whatever, to be actively engaged like this one. Whatever was going behind the scenes wasn't good. <laughs> and and maybe the the reason why he wasn't as visibly active is because he couldn't explain what was going on behind the scenes, whereas this one can. <laughs> That's right. So uh, that was an artist named Gail Mead, G-A-L-E-M-E-A-D. She is our featured artist of the day. That song, in case you uh, didn't catch it from the choruses, is called The War Goes On, and I'm pretty sure she's speaking of the war in Iraq. Yep. Gail um, was a weird discovery for me. I'm, I'm usually scouring the internet you know, for uh, interesting mm-hmm. music to play. I have a little more time than John, so I spend some time on the internet looking for cool stuff, but that wasn't how I found Gail. <laughs> 
How did you find Gail? I was searching for a friend of mine that I used to jam with in the band, like in a band 23 years ago. In in the basement of a gentleman that you know, a drummer named Mike. Yep. yep. In fact, your brother Kenny, before I even knew right. you, your brother Kenny used to come over and just with his friends and watch us jam. And I, I you know, I didn't know. I, I, I didn't put two and two together. Anyway, uh, long story short, I was looking for a friend of mine named Darren who plays bass guitar. And I typed some search phrases into Google. And I happened upon Gail Mead's webpage. And it was her photos link, her photos page. And there was this black and white picture of this bass guitarist. And it didn't say Darren underneath it. I don't think it had his name. But I said, man, that looks just like my friend Darren Kay that I used to jam with. Mm-hmm. And I was he's making the face, that face that he used to – you know how musicians and people who do – you know, they make that face. They're not even aware they're making it it's when they're doing things. It's kind of like things. when someone is really concentrating and they're writing yeah. with a pencil. Sometimes they stick their tongue out. Yeah, and I do that when I play pool. And you pointed that out to me like 15 mm-hmm. years ago and, and, and mentioned the fact that there's like a weird neural net connection between is, your hands yeah. and like your mouth. And some people actually – they cannot help it. I mean, they I phys- can't either. They physically yeah. cannot help it, and they're completely unaware of the fact that they're sticking their tongue out right. when they're doing stuff. I do this. Yeah. I, I don't stick it out a lot, but it just it sticks out enough. And you can't to... even do it on purpose the yeah. right way yeah. I mean, it, or the way that you normally do it. It comes out a little bit as if I were wetting my lips. Yeah. You know, When just... you just did that, it, you know, I got nervous. Yeah, well, you know, that's, I, I, I have no explanation I'm looking for, that. for the door. So anyway, and there's three of them here, which is amazing. <laughs> there's a room this small, yet it has three doors. No, it has five doors, actually. <laughs> the room two on, is, the, room two is on the four closet. by four cube. <laughs> there's five doors. One, two, yep. three, four, five, honestly. Anyway, I was like- Behind one of them, Matt. I was like, "Man, that looks like Darren." And I Stevens. so I I emailed Gail Mead, and I was like, "Blah blah blah." I'm from New York. I used to jam in a band years ago. Darren, blah blah blah. And then I went. I figured, well, oh wow, she's a musician. So there was a music page, and I checked out her music, and I could tell she was, you know, a sort of she would be podcast friendly because she had entire songs in high quality MP3s available for download on her website. So I reached out to her. Reached out and touched someone. I mentioned my Darren friend, and she's like, yeah, that's him. What a weird coincidence. I'll forward this email to him for you. And she's like, well, if you want my CD, just send me your address. And this was like three days ago, and she's in California, and it came already. Anyway, that's how I discovered Gail Mead. I was looking for uh, my friend Darren. I was reading some reviews on her website, and uh, some people described her um, as a bit of a Natalie Merchant kind of character to her voice. And I love Natalie Merchant to death. I can listen to in her. Fact, you sing. killed her, and you've got her body stored. <laughs> it's in a freezer, and yeah, there is a little Natalie Merchant vibe going on. And it, much like Natalie Merchant, the songs have political and social relevance. Natalie Merchant's always writing about you know the problems in the world, and obviously this is about the Iraq War. Anyway, so that's how I discovered Gail Mead, and thank you, Gail, for uh, sending me this CD. And it got here in like two or three days. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, you are you are our featured artist today, Gail Mead. We'll be hearing more, and we, we shall. The the one line that kind of struck me because it was it reminded me of something that, that was going on in the news. Um, that you know this whole economy thing. Have you heard about this thing? This this economy going to, in the uh, crapper. Is that something new? Yeah, I didn't know if anyone heard about yeah, that. Yeah, it could be something new. I don't know. I I figured I'd break the news on the show. Well, she she said in one of the lines in there was talking about how they you know. The government basically says, you know, go shopping, go to Disneyland. Everything's fine here. We know what we're doing. Move and, along. Move yeah, along. Right. These aren't the droids you're looking for. And that's kind of what, even though the, the government has, is trying to get the economy back rolling again, bailing out banks and such, 
it's kind of saying the same thing. You know, oh, have no fear. The economy's fine. Keep spending money and we'll get this thing back in order. And the reality is that's like the opposite of what we should be doing. And I just want to point out something. I want I want people to go to um, – you may have heard of this show, This American Life. It's on NPR. Yeah. Great, great show. Anyways. Is Polly purebred involved here in any way? I have no idea. <laughs> But This American Life. Here um, I come to save the day. Could be. <laughs> Different guy. And that, that was, again, frightening. Yeah, but it, it, it's very much what Mr. Bush was saying. You know, here I come to save the day. Just right. go spend some money at the mall and we'll be fine. No, yeah. I'm an idiot. No. Yeah. When I say I'm an idiot, I'm speaking as George Bush, by the oh, way. Oh, oh. I was agreeing with you on the I'm an idiot I, yeah, part. I so anyways, go, I go to the, the uh, This American Life podcast. They have a podcast where they have the actual oh, full bastards. full shows that they broadcast on NPR without breaks or anything, and they release those as podcasts. So you get to listen to their shows you know, when I'm commuting. But anyways, they had this one show that was completely dedicated to this whole economic crisis, and they had these two guys who do a uh, – it's a podcast and a blog about the economy. They're these economists type people. Yeah, Milton and, Friedman. But they can speak. Kings. They can speak, and they're funny. And they speak actually they actually did this whole segment about explaining to us what happened with the banks in, an, in a clear and concise way with you know realistic examples. And they were kind of funny. And it shows you how what we should be doing is saving money. We should be – bailing these banks out, giving them some money, and having them not lending that money so that people can go borrow some more money. We should be saving the money and getting our house in order, so to speak. But I really want everyone to go to the, the, go to the This American Life uh, website. I think it's thisamericanlife.org or .com. Enough with the dinging. And That's three Aussies, by the way. <laughs> you're just the best. You're killing them off like flies. <laughs> and look for the... Um, Look for the the show. I think it was a few weeks ago, and the title of the show is Bad Bank. You bad, bad bank. You bad, bad you bank. Definitely. And the, the funny thing about it is it explains the inner workings of how banks' balance sheet works. and and <laughs> Which is just lies and, and the, fiction. And that's exactly it. It's almost like alchemy. It's like, well, what are they doing? They're, they're, they're taking one thing, and they're pretending that and this is an so asset, funny and that they're pretending that this that. is a liability, and it's all floating, all these weird terms. Because what's his name from um, Comedy Central? Uh, John um, Stewart, Stewart was lampooning all the financial networks on Letterman and on his show in Maybe this that's amazing 10-minute segment. That, that word probably lodged in my brain. Yeah, he said, this isn't science, and then later he went, maybe it's alchemy. <laughs> yeah, right. That, I think that's what it is. That I, I love what he said on Letterman, though. He goes, you know, we have three 24-hour financial networks, and they all have slogans like, we know what's going on on Wall Street. And then when you watch them now, they're like... We don't know what's going on. <laughs> right. And I love this. He likened it to tuning into the weather channel during a hurricane and having the announcer go, where's all this wind coming from? Right. I'm right. getting wet. I don't understand. Yeah, anyway. but previously, you know, telling you We're about- We're way the, off topic. The, this isn't even what yeah, the show's about. <laughs> but the, the, well, I'll bring us back around. Here's the deal. It's so funny about all these internet connections. We're making connections. You're finding people that you didn't know from like yeah, 20 years ago. Yeah, finding Gail and then yeah. finding great musical artists to play on our show. And and then there's all these like Web 2.0 kind of uh, services. We when got, are we going to be at Web 3.0, by you the got way? Your, uh, I'm working on it. We've got, right. the, we got the the Facebook. We've got the MySpace. we got the Twitter. we got the blog. And we got the, the inner tubes. 
what else is going on? I mean, well, you know, I, I emailed you about this today. I was watching Jimmy Fallon, the guy who replaced David Letterman on Late Night. Yep. And he has a MacBook on his desk, and he actually twitters during the show. And I he, can't believe I'm doing a show. Yeah, I can't believe it. How lucky am I? I got wait, show. wait, you guys can wait. I'm twittering. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's sort of... Uh, Brought to mind the topic of, and we're going to explore this in depth more, uh, more in, uh, front, w- with a guest in the future. He Hopefully. was supposed to be here today, but he blew us off. Thank you, Orrin. But um, anyway, you know what? It, what is being connected? You know, I mean, Twitter it, does it have any function? To me, Twitter is like a ticker tape. You know, it's like the financial ticker tape. You know, it's these people you're following, and they're saying things like, you know. I'm urinating, <laughs> things right. like that. Well, the you thing, know? the question that I threw out there when we were sort of talking about this was, do any of these services that keep us all connected, do they actually improve the quality of our life? Or, I mean, what, do they add to our lives? Uh, I mean, I'm looking at Twitter, which is, and I'll define it very quickly. Twitter is a service that allows you to type in less than 120 characters, these little posts about what you're doing what what's going on any thoughts that are on your mind you can put links in there that kind of thing it's almost they call it microblogging and, and so the the difference between microblogging and i guess macroblogging i guess it's the yeah, natural be... the natural opposite is that in microblogging you're you're doing the same thing that you're doing in in macroblogging is you're posting something that is crossing your mind but since you've only got like 120 characters it can't be something complex. It can be something simple, like a couple of sentences or a, a link. I think like it's I more than 120. I think it's 135, by oh, the way. Oh, boy. They've expanded it. It's uh, <laughs> it's maxi-microblogging. So, Whoa. <laughs> it's that, that's on your heavy days. It's when you, you feel <laughs> uncomfortable once a month, the maxi-microblog. <laughs> Do you sometimes feel not so fresh when you're blogging? So That was the what I was actually searching <laughs> right. for and I failed to find. I was groping for that phrase. <laughs> Terms which I'm uncomfortable with still. Yeah, right. So, anyways, you're we're. I'm we're, actually twittering right now, by the way, as we. Uh, and, he, and he's also on Twitter. That, well, that's so, what I'm saying. No, I mean, yeah, never mind. Uh, yeah, you're a real funny guy. <laughs> so, the, so the, the thing that I'm 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 really struggling with is I gave Twitter a chance, I gave Peace a chance, and then I gave Twitter a chance, <laughs> and I said, you know, what is this all about? Let me try it out. I got connected, and I really, really, really had to stop because. I was following a few people and I just kept constantly getting blasted with stuff like I'm eating a cheese sandwich, you know, going going to grab some coffee. And I really don't need to be that connected to people. I don't need to have all of their thoughts going right into my, my inbox. Here's the really funny thing. I'm a late adopter. You're the guy with the iPhone a couple of weeks after it came out. And, and I'm, Steve I'm a Jobs, mid-range adopter. Steve Jobs bent you over and boned you in the uh, anus. <laughs> with the price, which got me an iPod, by the way. So thank you very much, You're, you're Steve speaking Jobs. metaphorically, that is. <laughs> no. Wait a minute. I saw him in your house. <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, but here's the funny thing. I, I really didn't like these social networking sites. The idea of them just it was like, what? Huh? I don't get this. And I have a friend named Leo. He has a, a blog named Neural Gourmet, which is which is a great blog, great name for a blog too. And he talked me into joining Facebook, and I was able to track down some friends, and I found it useful from that perspective. And Facebook to me is fun 
in the sense because it, you can change your status to I'm drinking wine, and then I can break your chops about it because you're right. allowed to comment. However, Twitter, you can't do that on. It's just a you, scoreboard. You it's can. just a ticker tape. You can? You Here's the thing. In Twitter, you can. You can respond to people's – they're calling them tweets. Can yes, you, they're, you, they're you, tweets ugh. in quotes, air quotes. So you, they're call, you can respond to someone's tweets, or you can tweet directly at someone. So if you do like at and then their username, it's a message directly to them. Well, I'm, but, I have a lot to learn about Twitter. I've been using it for two weeks and actually only using it for about eight hours. But here's the thing. The thing that I found was it's – What's one. with the finger? Oh, it's an index it's finger. That. Okay. Here, here's the thing that I found the hard way because my natural tendency, kind of like what you're you're thinking too, is someone says something funny, you want to comment on it, you want to respond, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I started responding Except to you people. you never say anything funny. <laughs> right, well, there's that. I, I started responding to people and I got no responses in – in return, I'm thinking, well, what the hell's going on? That's it, no fun. Well, as I tur- as it turns out, the the netiquette for Twitter, <laughs> netiquette, right? of course, of course, yeah. I have to use the the crap words. Yeah. The, the netiquette for Twitter is that it's just one way. You're only supposed to be blasting and pushing stuff out there. Like blogging, you're not supposed to be blogging and then having a conversation. Oh, Twitter's about you're broadcasting your your innermost thoughts to people, and and you know what? There's one guy I respect his opinion quite a bit. I worked with him for a couple of years. He's he's a he's a brilliant guy. He's a great designer. First name? His name is Dan and his last name is Brown. And he, <laughs> and, he, and he's not the author of the Da Vinci Code, different Dan Brown. But anyways, I respect his opinion quite a bit. I follow him on Twitter and and I I posted a couple of times directly to him saying, you know, look, I'm just not on board with Twitter because it, I'm not seeing the, the utility of this. And he comes back and he tells me, look, you know, every once in a while you'll find like a diamond in there in, in, the, in the midst of the crap. And I'm sure he's right, but I don't have the time and the energy to be spending digging through all the crap just to find one link to something that might be interesting. Well, because Twitter is new to me, I'm playing with it more than Facebook. Right. And I'm going to give it a shot. Because my friend Leo, Neural Gourmet, insists that we can uh, promote our podcast and do great things on Twitter. So I'm going to give that a try. You don't have to, but I'm going to try. To me, it's kind of like urinating into the Niagara Falls. I mean, sure, you can get stuff in the stream, but is it really going to make that big of a difference? Let's find out. Did you hear, by the way, that someone recently went over the falls without any barrel by accident they they went over and they survived i've seen footage of a guy going over in a kayak consciously did he, he survive did this. Uh, they don't know he nothing was ever found his oh. kayak nor his body so i'm thinking well they just no. rescued someone i think it was this week they just rescued someone it's swirling and it's bad enough to be going over the fall i mean you're 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 having some real major problems there but this time of year you're dying of hypothermia if you're not pulled out quickly Oh yeah, well it's going to be cold water. Anyway, so what does it? I mean, what does it mean to be connected? Do any of these services have function? I mean, just very briefly, let me describe well, to you. The, the, I the am, thing that I wanted to I, say. I'm following five people, and I have five followers. Well, there you go. So I'm I'm quite famous. Let me just read to you who I'm following. You know, just so you know. I'm following uh, Todd Madsen, a friend of mine from Minneapolis, so a great guitarist. I'm following Brian Brinkman, who is a guy that was in the audience on Jimmy Fallon last night, and they, they decided to make him famous. And overnight, he went from having seven followers to 22,000, and I'm sure it's up to 30,000 or something by now because they invited him back to today's and, show And as if you well. haven't been on Twitter, what it means to be followed is that whenever you say something, the people who are following you get that broadcast. I'm also following Jimmy Fallon. I'm following Lance Armstrong, and I'm following the Neural Gourmet, my friend Leo. Okay, what were you going to say? Well, the thing I was going to say is that I'm finding that some of these services, like I was pulled into Facebook as well, and I got connected in Facebook, and it can be 
quite fun. I mean, it's almost like like the whole game thing. You know, you have fun, but when I'm done on Facebook, do I feel like I've actually learned anything? Do I feel like I've, I've enriched my life in any way? And I, and I guess in some ways I, I have because I've got reconnected with some of the people that I haven't been in touch with for years, yet it keeps enough of a distance where I don't have to necessarily go over to their house and have dinner with them, but I can throw a couple of the jokes back and forth. You know? Right, right. Um, I don't have to spend a lot of time like re-energizing friendships. I can, I can just, you know, put posts up there saying that I'm pissed off and, it's, and I'm, not, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore in my, my status. That was broadcast news where that was That's originally, right. yeah. Um, so... I think that one, the Facebook kind of thing, it's it's kind of fun and it's kind of interesting. But stuff like Twitter, I mean, it's almost like I can see guys sitting around with venture capital money saying, hey, let's do this thing where we – it's like blogging, but it's micro-blogging. And they come up with these terms and then they get people to spend millions of dollars. I have yet to see how anyone's going to make any money on this. Not that making money is the end-all, be-all. But I have, I have no idea how this is actually enriching people's lives. Well, that's the question. There's not enough information in these it's tweets. It's a fairly new technology. I mean, I am sort of interested, like Lance Armstrong, for example, you know, I am, you know, he'll he'll come back from an eight-hour training ride and he'll say, I just rode 120 miles through the Dolomites, you know, a, a, a mountain range in Italy, because he's training in Italy right now for the tour of Italy, the Giro d'Italia. To me, that's interesting. Most people are going to find that completely boring, but I, I do feel connected to Lance Armstrong because he just got off his bike. He's still sweating, and he goes. Do you think to his... he's the one writing that tweet? Oh, I'm absolutely certain of it. Yeah, yeah, he's writing those tweets. Yeah, I mean, well, he says he is. Well, you know, maybe, maybe I guess again, maybe. This Why is wouldn't like the... he be? I mean, he is a human. He's not completely uh, engulfed in in activities. You know, 23 hours a day. Well, I'm sure, like anyone who's who's famous and and has is, their attention is pulled all over yeah, the place. But if it said Michael Jackson, I'm abusing a child. I wouldn't believe that, right? You know, I no, wouldn't no, no. believe not, it if it was I'm Michael not Jackson. Saying, I'm not saying that there's like someone who or who's, who's officially connected to Lance Armstrong is is not the person His behind publicist that. this time. You know, it might be someone's publicist. That's what I. That's all I was asking. I wasn't saying that that's someone. Posing as Lance Armstrong. No, I, I think it's Lance because he uses lingo that you know. It just sounds like Lance. I mean, well, but from a cyclist's perspective, I guess, it sounds like a cyclist talking. I guess the thing I was going to say is that you know maybe you're right. Maybe maybe the technology is is so young, and maybe just the usage of the technology is young. We've sort of put this stuff out there. We didn't know what to do with it yet, and it's all about the content, really. I think Twitter is a bit of a diversion, you know, I, and I'm still, I'm exploring Twitter right now. I, I found the value of Facebook, and for me, Facebook is about tracking people down and occasionally connecting with people. Twitter is new for me, so I'm, I'm exploring that, and I actually have a laptop in front of me right now, which isn't mine. It's a friend. She, she uh, brought it over here so that I could fix it. And um, it's a it's a MacBook, so I'm yeah, actually I'm right. actually yeah, <laughs> with a hammer. <laughs> I'm actually tweeting. I'm actually online right now with the router that we just using that computer. With <laughs> I know. Twitter. I know. It's got weird stains on the screen. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> but um, you know, I'm actually on, like Jimmy Fallon. I'm online and I'm tweeting right now. In fact, my last two messages on Twitter were podcasting like a bastard. <laughs> that was that was two tweets ago. And my most recent tweet is talking about Twitter on the podcast. So not that anybody's. Twitter. Twittering about yet. twittering. Yeah, not that anybody's listening yet, but but the the I guess the thing I'm saying here is that you know it's it's really all about content. You know, in the early days of publishing, people said, "Oh, look, we've got paper; we can make little ink stains on it. <laughs> we've got you know, movable type oh, look, now. This, this cool. is cool. Look, look how cool this is. And, all this minutious. I rock. Yeah, and, and Gutenberg maybe, movable type. I mean, other than the whole Gutenberg Bible thing, <laughs> maybe some of the content was really crap. And until they actually refined it. 
it, it really wasn't coming into its own. And maybe maybe that's where Twitter is right now. Well, maybe it hasn't very, found its, yeah. its home yet. Who knows? This could be gone in a year, and the latest thing will replace it. Who knows what that's going to be? I, I think Twitter's got legs, but what I'm saying is the, the value the of sexy it. legs. The, the, he has little birdie legs. The, the, <laughs> they, I, they look good in uh, – oh, anyway. May, maybe what will happen Fish is – Fishnets. There's going to – it's all, a lot of the people who are on there just talking about their cheese sandwich are going to sort <laughs> and of – I love fall, the cheese sandwich. They're going to fall off and they're going to get bored with it. And maybe the people who are, are really providing useful information are going to be there. And it's just going to be a way to, to – Keep in touch with people like Lance Armstrong or whoever. We got to get Jimmy Fallon on the show or get him to follow my tweets or your tweets. Since you're going to uh, you know, completely eschew Twitter, we need no, to get him to follow my the, tweets. The thing that I've decided is that I'm going to hook into these things. I might not pay too much attention to them. I'm going to hook into them. And, and maybe for me, the, the problem is I don't have enough attention span because of all the other stuff going on in my life. Um, to actually keep checking Twitter, and maybe if I find tools that will put Twitter in front of my face more often and, and, and less of a... And that's funny, because usually there's something else in front of your face. <laughs> <laughs> a computer. What? Right, 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 right. Anyway. We, yeah, we were sort of, you know, we got another tune? Yeah, we do. Let's take a break. Let's check it out. I read about conspiracies and something called democracy Global warming, dirty bombs and prophecies of doom I've had it up to here with the country ruled by fear Is this the best America can do? I refuse to live in Armageddon's shadow anymore Let's not let one more
Gail does some of the longest fade outs I've ever seen oh, in the good. history it's of like recording. It's perfect for radio. You can talk over it. Yeah, I know. It gives us a real smooth kind of like kind of like ramp. <laughs> I, I was actually considering hitting the button like right in the middle of that fade out. You know what button I'm talking about? <laughs> I don't know what button. Oh, button. yeah. I guess that means we're done. Holy yeah, cow, Batman. We've gone long. Yeah, except you. <laughs> Wow, we're back Whoa, with the, the. You're the. Major I gotta find. I know. Offender. Just when uh, you know, we try to get out of the frat boy, we get into the frat boy. Anyway, this is Rich Wilgus and John Tellerico, and that was the great Gail Mead playing a song called Armageddon's Shadow. Check her out at gailmead.com, G-A-L-E-M-E-A-D, and uh, check us out on the web, www.bloodyveg.com. You can follow Rich at Rich Wilgus Twitter. Yep, yep, and uh, I guess I'm Jifka. Oh, yeah, feedback. Feedback at bloodyveg.com if you want to send us money. That's right. Yeah, well, please send us money. We could use it. And, um, you know, we'll be exploring the tweets as uh, the, as we go on. And uh, I don't know. John and I are tweeting, tweeting to each other during the show, which is funny. But anyway, you've been listening to the VIB. 